popcorn. No, why you did that? Yes, she she only want to press record when it's her time. Whatever. But let's talk about how she baked the cake. Hush. And not give me none. Oh, she's telling me hush. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Unmuted with Destiny and Sam. How, how are, are you? you? I was just about to ask them how they're doing. How are you doing today? You, 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 you. Really? How are you, Sam? I'm okay. Are you sure? I am sure. Are you positive? My tummy's full. <clears throat> That's what makes you okay. It's a blessing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So today is June 19th. Sam, what is that? June 19th. She told me what it is. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. What is it's, it then? It's not when we, we, um, it's not when Americans became what? Independent? But some no. were independent from before, but they ju- were just got to them it's in about, Texas. It's about enslaved people. Yeah. and s- Scratch that. <laughs> How could I forget that word? Whatever. You just said Americans. Technically, I don't even know if we were Americans. Okay. Then. So. America's Independence Day is July 4th. Right. But, um... There's this one post that says, or said, Americans' independence is July 4th. Yeah. But our independence, meaning black people of America independence, yeah. is June 19th, which is today. Mm-hmm. Which they wanted to, they wanted to be a national holiday, right? Or I don't is know. it? Uh, it's not I, a national I, holiday. Yeah, but I think I saw some petition going out. Um, asking us like to sign to say probably or to ask um to have it become way, a national the way holiday. That 2020 is going. I'm not surprised. I don't know why it hasn't been a holiday anyway that we can take off or yeah. I don't know just rest and celebrate. On some black people do celebrate and they don't. They forego celebrating July 4th and celebrate Juneteenth instead. Yeah, so it's that um so June June nineteenth is celebrated um by black Americans because back then when they became free. What year was it? Eighteen fifty something. No. <laughs> oh my <laughs> I failed history. Oh my gosh. I failed history class. What year was it? Juneteenth. The June 19th is in 18, 1865 when the black people in I Texas... I did say 1856. So technically, you guys, said, I'm not wrong. Whatever. So that's it's 1865. Whole, I just got the numbers mixed up. Honestly, <laughs> but I just got the numbers mixed up. The 56, they should be 65. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, in 1863, Abraham Lincoln, who was the president at the time, signed the Emancipation Proclamation, but it didn't reach Texas until 1865. And specifically, the troops went to Galveston, Texas, that on that day to let them know they were free. So they got word two years later that they were free. Mm, happy June 19th. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. <laughs> if you listened to our previous episode, you know that we are going on a journey of teaching Sam black history. So I guess this was a mini review for her. 
tune in every couple episodes. Last time we we watched the movie Selma and kind of did a movie review and breakdown and talked about things that Sam didn't know happened in history here. So go check that out. Continuing with maybe a little mini episode of Teaching Sam Black History, what song did you hear today for the first time? This morning that I sent you. He did send it to me, <laughs> but I don't remember the title. But it was really what was it talking about? about? I think it's fruits hanging from the tree. Okay, what kind of fruits? Dead bodies. But what do, <laughs> what's the adjective of the fruit? Blank fruit. <laughs> Blank fruits. I don't remember what. Strange fruit. Yes, strange fruits hanging from the trees. At first, I didn't get it because I'm like, what kind of strange food are you talking about hanging from the trees? But then it dawned on me on the couple. Um, the few lines that it has. Yeah. And then. Talking about the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. Right. <laughs> and then, too, I, is that my man backtracked to a um, couple of the news that we saw about, you know, persons found hanging from the tree. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, that was written. Maybe this is what you were thinking with 1956. The recording I sent you was done in 1956. Can you imagine? And it's here today. Yeah. Still. Yep. Did it ever really go away? No. No, we just didn't hear about it. And now things are starting to be uncovered. Right. News travels faster over social media and which is a blessing on one hand right sometimes not so much because it can be overwhelming too yeah like who who a couple years ago would have imagined watching someone die like watching them die in real time. Right. Like with and it's Philando, not a movie. Like with Philando Castile, how he his girlfriend was Facebook living while the cop killed killed him. And then of course we just had George Floyd and it wasn't live stream, I don't think, but we saw the whole video. And you know something? I I kinda glanced over it. Like I hadn't really watched the video, but I did this past week and something that people haven't been talking about or I haven't seen anyone emphasize, you know, when probably like just right before he actually died, like his body started to expel itself of the fluids. So like people and and the cop was still sitting there with, with his knee in the man's neck and he just peed on himself because he doesn't have control anymore. Like I just doesn't, makes sense because like in the video you'll see this trail of liquid coming from the body and that's sad to refer to him as just a body at that point but anyway this ain't what this episode is about we could talk go on on this topic forever but Try not to go anywhere by yourself or stay out too late. If you are by yourself, stay away from sketchy stuff. Just be safe and wise. Yeah. Because you don't know what's lurking out there. That's true. But <clears throat> on on a more lighter note, yes. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> what was one it. good thing about your week? Um, About my week. Let me tell you, the week went by so quickly. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. What What is today? Friday. It's Friday. Oh, my week. Let's just say I enter into the new week pain-free or little to no pain this week. And that you was... You have pain? Yeah, I was having pain all the last week from my neck to my shoulder. Mm-hmm. So... It was really relieving for me not to go into another week with that. Because 
it can be a bit much, you know. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for strength to just go through another work week back to back and, you know, still doing. Oh, she said just one good thing. I'm sorry. And I'm here ranting about other stuff. You know, she just asked for one. And the one is I'm grateful that I went into another work week pain-free. Well, I'm glad you have so much enthusiasm and so much goodness in your life that you can go on. Because everybody ain't able to to do that. Sometimes I'm not. But, you know, it says... um, gratitude having like that attitude of gratitude open the window or the door for more to flood in or maybe it's really like shifting your perspective because the situation may not even change but you find so many things to be grateful for when you start you know um being intentional about thinking about stuff that you're grateful for yeah What are you grateful for? What I'm grateful for? No. What I'm grateful for or in general? Or what yes. was good? Are you asking me the question I asked you or are you asking me a different question? <laughs> what was good about your week? If you want to take it from that angle or if you want to tell us something that you're grateful for um, overall. You can take it from that angle because either way you're taking it, you're telling us something that you're grateful for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm glad and grateful for the week being over. <laughs> for the work week being over. For me, at least, Friday and Saturday, my days off. Um, I'm grateful for a nap that I got to take today. And I'm grateful for food. <laughs> and why are you saying that <laughs> on the mic? Seriously, it, it's still picking up what you're saying. Why you got to put my business out there? We cutting this whole thing. We're going to stop at yours. <laughs> I'm grateful that I got new shoes so my feet don't hurt as much. The end. The end. All right. Anyway. You can tell us what you're grateful for or write it down. I tell you, you know, really writing helps and having that attitude of gratitude, especially during this time when... You know, we feel like kind of like all hope is lost or you're wondering, why should I keep hoping? Write write three, two down and you'll find that you still have a lot to be grateful for. Why you look so uncomfortable in that chair? Because (laughs) the chair is tough. (laughs) My butt hurts. You all don't know what I have to go through. You, you, You guys don't know? It's rough over here. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, today we are going to talk about spiritual gifts and what that means in general, what that means for us, and talk about our own spiritual gifts and how what spiritual gifts are found in, um, in Scripture and what spiritual gifts we feel are overlooked in the church and and maybe even what gifts in general i think what talents people have that are overlooked within the church and talk about how to find your own spiritual gifts and why it's relevant today now in 2020 to your life to my life everybody's life okay so a spiritual gift what is that you may ask what's a gift in general a regular gift something that you give away to someone or something that you receive 
And in general, gifts bring joy to whoever receives them. And to take it full circle, you usually have joy in buying a gift for someone. And then you have joy when you give that gift away to whoever it's for. So a gift can be looked at as an agent to bring joy to someone or even to yourself as well. So a spiritual gift is a gift from the spirit, the spirit of God. That is not just any old spirit right. wandering around. <laughs> I was just about to say, please to clarify that spirit. <laughs> the spirit of God, not no other spirit. So God gives us these gifts, these talents, these things that, that are a part of our personality or a part of our skill set more naturally to give away to other people and to build up the kingdom of God and to build up the church and to just build up whatever community we find ourselves in to bring joy. Yeah. Right. That's how I see what a spiritual gift is. Sam, can you tell us what spiritual gifts are according to scripture? Romans 12, 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing cer- certain things. Well, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Mm. So, Sam just read Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 7. And in verse 4 and 5, it's just talking about, you know, everyone being different in the body of Christ. He's making an an analogy or making a comparison between people in the church and an actual body. And then... The last two verses, the last three verses, sorry, it tells us what the gifts are. The first gift it lists is prophesying. So, Sam, do you know what prophesying is? Prophesying is boldly and fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. So... How have you seen, like, prophesying? Well, um, I've seen different, I I don't know if I should say aspects of um, the prophetic ministry, but, but, um, let's put a disclaimer out there. Prophesying or prophecy is not being a fortune teller in you know in Christendom because we know for many persons is like they they will see um persons who operated who operate in their prophetic ministry as you know someone who just tell them something and it's just like automatically gonna happen you know as it is when sometimes that's not the case it's really having um spiritual discernment so say for instance I don't know, Destiny, if you want to share that one on the suicidal, you know, when that person can eat, right? So, um, I know there's a person who was planning on committing suicide one day when they went to church. They were planning on committing suicide after church, but then 
the preacher was preaching and he just stopped and this very anguished look came upon his face and he said, um, you know, there's a spirit of suicide in here after the person had walked in. So that's a form of prophesying, being able to discern um, people's feelings, people's moods, what's going on in people's lives and having that discernment to be able to ultimately lead them to Christ or right. to offer them some kind of relief. Yeah, or encouraging them into faith, per se, you know, to build build up their faith. And I've encountered um I've encountered prophets before because prime example being um our bishop or pastor in Jamaica. Um he he operates in his um prophetic gift that the that the Lord has anointed him with. And most of the times when he speaks into your life, it's really that sense of encouragement, like giving you hope that things are either going to break, things are going to turn. So is that more so ex exhortation? It could be exhortation, but um, in terms of, and I think it's a mixture of each when you think about the prophetic, mm -hmm. um, when you think about the prophetic gift, as well as he can tell you of some stuff that you alone probably dreamt of or, you know, mm -hmm. you alone probably have gotten that idea or you have encountered that um, situation where you haven't told anybody as what he's able to tell you because, you know, God has given him that insight about it, so... Yeah, but you know, on the other end, maybe that's a whole, you know, talking about the prophetic ministry, maybe that's a whole topic that we could talk about because mm -hmm. we have seen how, you know, others really use it to, I would say, prostitute the gospel, pretty mm -hmm. much selling it, you know. To bring, scam people. Right, so <laughs> for some, this 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 prophetic ministry is sort of a sour topic for them or a sour air because some persons haven't had much... um what should I say? I haven't had real prophetic right, you know, our to them. Yeah. But um the second gift that Romans lists, I don't know if it came in the version that Sam read from, but the second one in the New King James Version is ministry. And but yeah. In the New King James, it says ministry, and Sam just informed me off the microphone that hers says serving, right? Which says serving. So there's the definition of your ministry right there. Um, and then teaching, and then exhortation, and exhorts, and Exhortation is basically motivational speaking, basically giving people encouragement. Like we were just talking about with Sam's Bishop in, in Jamaica, um, uplifting people and just giving them hope. And then giving and leading and showing mercy. So being kind to people, mm -hmm. basically, yeah. which sometimes is lacking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, if we if we even look at it, we know that we can really say that um, showing mercy and even giving is is really a gift because giving, being kind to someone is not it's not a natural thing for us. Cause most, if you if you look on how, if you look on if you look on um your kids, majority of the times they're like selfish beings. Like they want, if you know they started one now to play by themselves, wanting their toys for themselves, not wanting to share. So you you pretty much have to teach them that sense of giving, that sense of sharing. You know, so I can really see how giving or not being kind you know, it's not necessarily something that we are born with. <laughs> but it's it's really something that we are being taught. 
Yeah. So now we're going to kind of migrate into talking about our own spiritual gifts and how to even find your own spiritual gifts. Now, the easy way, I guess, there's a test you can take online. Which is what we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did that. Uh, the link will be in the description. But can you think of any other ways, Sam, that people could discover their spiritual gifts? You know, outside of doing the test, because before I even um, know about the test, there are times when someone, there are times when someone will, you know, say that you're good at this thing. You're good at, oh my gosh, you're so good with the kids. How do you get them, <laughs> how do you get them to understand um, this mm -hmm. material, you so know? So like observing what you're naturally yeah, good so, at. Yeah, so you have persons that, you know, are that are observing you and they can say, hey, you're really good at this. And even when you're saying, no, I'm not, <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, that's one way I believe that, you know, you can identify, you know, what you're good at. And there are many times you, you, you yourself will, will see exactly what comes, what seems to be natural to you. What, yeah. What if you're if you're good at writing, per se? If you're good at um drawing, you realize that it just come natural that the pen is flowing with words on the paper and the the canvas. It, it ended up being a beautiful masterpiece. You know, that's painting though. <laughs> art. I did say art. I you did. did? Say, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So th those are those are just some simple ways I think you know persons are able to discover them, um, mm -hmm. discover their gifts, and as well we know that there are personality tests out there that will show you what your personality type is like and mm -hmm. what your strong areas and your weaknesses are. But for me, looking at the spiritual gifts, I've done the personal tests before, but I mean looking at the spiritual gifts. Looking at the spiritual gifts and really connecting the dots and seeing how I don't know. It's like for me, it's really eye opening when I can find the biblical principles with what we were really taught or what we've discovered. Um, by the way, mm -hmm. but really seeing the biblical um principles to it to mm -hmm. me, that's just like ah, oh, like mm -hmm. a ah moment, you know? Yeah. And this is like just one of them because when I did the spiritual test, then we look into what our individual spiritual gifts are and really seeing where we are at even in our lives in, you know, what what capacity or role we're playing, you know, in whichever way you're, you're, real, you're realizing that things are really adding up. Like, it makes sense. They are. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you got from taking the test. Yeah. All right. All right. That's interesting. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> but to kind of add to what she was saying about finding what your spiritual gift is, also don't be afraid to try new things as well because you may have undiscovered talents or, or gifts right. waiting for you. So don't be afraid to like go out on a limb and try something completely different than what you think is is you um and just know yourself get to know yourself and take into account what other people see and say to you like sam was saying but i just just really don't don't put yourself in a box and even when you do discover what your spiritual gifts are don't think that god can't use you in any other area as right, well right and just not to not to um digress but but um to like really spending those moments with God, those quiet times, he can really lay on your heart certain things um that you can try and you'll find that you are really good at or like this is the avenue he's he's looking for you to go or you know, 
he's saying to you, hey, these are your gifts. These are your talents. These are where I want you to serve. These this is the these are the areas that I want you to serve and help others and you know and bring others to know me or to encourage others. You know, whatever the case may be. So let's not neglect, you know, those quiet moments with God. Yeah. Where prayer, we can really learn. Because he Yeah, because he created us. He knows. <laughs> He knows you. Right. All the way. It's like the manufacturer who, um, who knows the product of, knows the product that he, in and out. he made in and out. It's the same thing with our creator, God. The you potter know? So, knows his clay. Yeah. So don't <laughs> neglect that um, yeah. part. Spending, spending your quiet time in prayer and asking for God's leadership in your life and, and submitting yourself to that leadership yeah. <laughs> that's the key part yeah. to really living in um your in your gifts and in what god wants for you we can do a whole lesson on that <laughs> on surrender and god's will <laughs> yeah what god's will is for your life i think this is the start of that actually <laughs> but anyway i digress we'll talk about it in the future so sam we had like three that were in common, right? Didn't we have two, two or three? I think it was two or three. I, we'll see when we. <laughs> <laughs> so, for um, clarity's sake, we we took this uh, test that was given out by churchgrowth.org. And there are one, two, three. There are nine different spiritual gifts that they list um, on their website and that they're testing you for in the assessment. Um, one is evangelism, one is prophecy, teaching, exhortation, shepherding, mercy showing, serving, giving, and administration. So, Sam, what was your, your top one? My top one was shepherding. <laughs> and so was mine. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? So what is shepherding to you? Like before you even like knew the results of the test. Did Honestly, you ever think right about off it? my head when I thought because we always say our pastors are our shepherds. Mm -hmm. So honestly, when when I saw shepherd, I'm like, pastor, me. No way, <laughs> you know. So, but then when when I went further, further, um, when I went on with the reading, I saw that it was more to just being a pastor, or more than just pastoring. For, yeah, more than just like getting up and preaching. Yeah, or for, doing Bible for study being, or something. You know, shepherding for your spiritual gift to be um, mm -hmm. shepherding. So. That was really um good for me to discover in that and really connecting the dots, as I said, because mm -hmm. it says that you you're with with their description. It says that I'm a person who like, you know, training others, leading others, um, whether it be on whether it be one and one or mm -hmm. it be in a group setting. And I find myself that. I talk a lot, you know, like when I say <laughs> I do talk a lot sometimes, <laughs> but I realize because even now um, in my workplace, I'm in a supervisory role, like a leading leadership role. And yeah, she done got two promotions in a year, <laughs> less than a year, really. Um, in what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> that you're in a supervisory role. Yeah, our leadership role at my workplace. And I find that each, maybe not each and every single day, but, you know, most days when I'm going, I am really training them. Even, even for those who were there long before me or those who came on a little before me or, you know, for those who are just coming on. I'm realizing that I'm always looking for ways to make the workplace, um, you know, have a smoother transition, make it bearable, make it where we're increasing or enhancing how we do 
or we're notes taking or you know mm-hmm. you know just stuff like that just finding i'm always finding ways and then you know saying it to them how we can do better you know so yeah that i'm like okay really so it's not just like being a pastor per se yeah. but and one thing one thing too that goes with the shepherding that i think applies to you is that it said that um the people with the shepherding dominance were protective of people who are under your care and i think that is very you especially when you tell me about some of the some of the people at work, some of the people that you supervise, and also some of your residents as well. You are very protective of the clients that you serve. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that is true. Um, I, I look at it like they're defenders, per se, you know? Yep. And there, there was another thing, too. It says... Like being a shepherd, you have um, a pleasing personality that draws people to you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Yeah, you didn't see that part. Uh-uh, I don't remember oh, that one. Man. <laughs> it says you have. A, I didn't see that first either. Uh-huh. It was really after reading like the third time. Cause like pleasing and me <laughs> don't really go in the same one, and that was my top. That was my top one too. Well, I don't see it you for know, me. You know, for some, um, for some, it comes out differently. Cause with you, um, being in, say, for instance, they're already in your training session. They have already they they came to knowing you and knowing your personality. If you understand what I'm saying, like they they probably aren't drawn at the first encounter to your personality huh keep going but after knowing you they're drawn if that makes sense maybe i still don't (laughs) see it for me (laughs) it is there i'm just saying if she if she i don't know if she's ever told you about um her her time in in ministry and with the kids that she worked with and stuff and the ones who were like who seem hard-headed is that the word or seem harder to get through yeah i'd say harder to get through not necessarily harder to get through and who and she's the one that got through them so it really depends because some people are drawn to different things um Mm -hmm. so it really depends so don't rule it out, Destiny. She's trying I to suppose. rule it out, but no. <laughs> I come, I suppose. But as far as shepherding goes in my life, I mean, obviously, I was in ministry. Right. And I had a small team as well that I was leading and trying to teach and also learn from them and to pour into them as well and then i guess my flock was the group of youth that i had at a certain point or you know my flock could be the people that i'm studying the bible with as well um more so now i'm not really living in this role at the moment i don't think i am at least i mean i'm an amazon driver like i'm just a driver i'm not in no management position i'm not dispatching i'm not a drive and deliver <laughs> that's it so and you know you church what <laughs> what what you said don't worry i can rewind but anyway i See, you made me lose my train of thought. (laughs) I'm not really doing anything ministry-wise right now. Not really in a leadership role either. So, yeah, this aspect of me is not being utilized at at the moment. Which is interesting because it's the number one 
for me. Um, but yeah, one thing that I looked at in the description as I guess things to watch out for when you have this spiritual gift is to be careful and not try to do everything yourself, which I have definitely fallen into trying to do, do things myself. And, you know, cause a lot of the time I want things done when I want them done. Not, not like later, if we can do it now, if we can do it now, then let's do it now and save ourselves some time later. <laughs> so what was your second one, Sam? My second one was showing mercy or mercy showing, mm-hmm. whichever way you want to put it. But they, how it describes it says, I have a burden to really help others. Um, in, I guess, whatever way their need may arise. Um did you have did you get mercy showing for yours? Technically, yes. It's I have two that tied for number two. Mm-hmm. So mercy showing is right under those two that were the same number. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it it's really helping others in in that regard, whether it's um feeding, monetary gifts, you know, listening. But it's really showing mercy. Yeah, one th- one thing um, I was reading in the mercy one, it says that you have a burden or a propensity or an inclination to work with people that most other people don't want to work with. Yeah. Uh, and I can relate to that. And Sam, I know Sam can too mm-hmm. right now <laughs> doing the work that she's doing and you know yeah but it's 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 not even just about that because even sometimes when i think about it sometimes when i think about it i realize that i'm really more drawn to teen or teen girls or women who they they may be deemed as outcasts or well that's what it was saying you have a tendency to work with people that most okay. others don't want to work with okay. all, right. <laughs> yes. all right fine <laughs> and maybe we can even talk about some clients that they are really hard to work with but i tend to get a breakthrough with them and to me i don't see anything extra that i'm doing i don't see Honestly, I just say it's the grace of God. They're drawn to you, <laughs> like you I just, just said. I just say it's one. the grace of God because I don't know. People are drawn to you, Sam, mm-hmm. like you just said. So um, it's saying that you have a burden to comfort others yes. as well. And your heart goes out to the poor and people Maybe. who aren't as privileged um, I guess when we start to talk about the careers, then it will really add up to the vision that I'm <laughs> that I really have. Yeah, it's really all making sense. Yeah, we have a vision that kind of intertwines. Yeah, so <laughs> this is interesting. It and like is. Sam just took this test last week, and I took mine um, two or three years ago, but it's still very much the same. And I hadn't thought about it in that way. As far as careers lining up with it, really, which is strange. Like, I just looked at it strictly from a ministry standpoint and didn't take it as a whole. But um, my second gift was evangelism. Did you have that one at all? You didn't get evangelism on yours? I got it as 12. I think I got 12 on that one. But, I mean, like, what number is it, though? Is it third, fourth, fifth? Not not how many points you got for the... Okay, you don't know. I, I really don't know, <laughs> but I, I don't think it was the fourth or fifth. Okay. Because it was on... Yeah, it was on one of the low end. 
All right. So evangelism, evangelist just means to proclaim the gospel, really. And that doesn't necessarily mean you got to be like a Billy Graham or going traveling all over doing evangelistic work, which is most often what evangelism is viewed as. And that is evangelism. But I think we forget to forget the everyday things and forget the everyday opportunities that we have for evangelism to share the gospel. And it might not always be like a blatant Jesus did this and said this and he wants you to follow him, but just in the way that you're living in general could be the gospel. But one other thing that it says is, is that, um, the person who has evangelism as a gift enjoys seeing other people come to Christ. And that is, I'd say that's accurate for when I was actually working with the church. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting to see people get it and to understand So I think that kind of couples with teaching as well. It brings you joy to see other people understand and make decisions for themselves. So, number three. Number three for me was exhortation and exhortation slash um, encouraging. Or encouragement, um, mm-hmm. but it's that's pretty much um what it means, you know, exhortation, like encouraging others, you know, to be the best versions of their self themselves, or encouraging them to have hope and faith, and you know, to just as I was saying, just to go on another day, or encourage them towards Christ. Yeah. It's really stimulating their faith with um exhortation. Mm-hmm. So it's like pricking their conscience that it when with exhortation is like a call for action. Mm-hmm. So know? maybe that's like you know how some I haven't seen it in a while, but some preachers after they're done preaching, they'll have someone else come up and make the appeal. Yeah. So like or what we call the altar call. Yeah. So like they'll I guess the exhort- exhorting person right. would be more likely to be making the appeal to motivate people to make a decision, to motivate people to do better in their lives and to give them hope and to tell them like what, what hope there is in a positive decision for Jesus. And what kind of just dawned on me in this moment, she can probably scratch it if it doesn't make sense. But Stop saying scratch it. When... I think about um, worship leaders. I really see them in this exhortation or encouraging role. Because mm-hmm. there are many times when they have to like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if pump is the right word, but really have to, because it's like they usher you into that, um, into that praise and worship mode. They motivate you. They to, motivate to you. They prick your conscience to like... Because a lot of people will use music as well as an appeal. Right. So, um, yeah. I really see how worship leaders are mm-hmm. in this role of exhortation. You know, encouraging you in worship. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wow. All right, so my third one is administration, which is with exhortation. Stop talking off the mic. What were you saying? Yeah, why not? I can all I can just cut stuff out anyway. But try to talk on the mic. What were you saying? I had administration as a tie with exhortation too. Okay. They're all kind of intertwined. Yeah. You mean you got the same number? Yeah. Why didn't you say administration then? (laughs) I didn't remember until you said it. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, administration. So, 
So it says that you're a person who takes charge and just jumps in, which I don't know if that describes me either. Most people don't see me as the leader or the person in charge. I think it's because of how quiet I am. So I think because just you know those persons who are the behind the scenes. Like she, yeah, it's that kind. Yeah, that kind of leadership. I, I guess, but people still don't see, don't put me in leadership roles, really, like in all the jobs that I've had. I don't know. I just shut my mouth and do my work. Yeah, you don't <laughs> initiate. Um, not really. Mm -mm. I don't know. Honestly, a lot of the stuff that I've done as far as jobs don't really have, didn't really have room to grow. Right. I was just about to say, yeah. So I just do what I had to do and that was it. Or either, I don't know, they had favorites that they were already mm -hmm. taking up for positions. But... Administration. It also says, like with you, um, talking about it with, and with um, exhortation, it says that you're often a good motivator as well. When if you're um, someone who's a an administrative type, and it says you're serious-minded, highly motivated, intense, and have an accurate self-image. You know what? Stop shaking your head. Guys, it's trend pointing cases this podcast. She's the boss of me with with the podcast that we're doing. Mm -mm. She, I she ask really you what is. you want all the time and you don't never she tell really me. She really is so the like, boss of all me right, we're for this, do this podcast. Then. She don't want to admit it, but it's true. And which which you can if you really look at it, Destiny, you you really take charge. But you take charge in in what comes natural to you. So let's talk about you starting up the 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 starting breach. What's breach? <laughs> Don't <laughs> <laughs> we haven't explained that here. Oh, breach is um a Bible study group that we have that we study well, we're pretty much studying every week or let's call it every other week. We do Bible study together. Right now, is it's a couple of us as women that are studying together. And she was the one who started it. Because that's how I really knew her through Breach. And that week when we did tell them about Breach when we introduced our friendship. We started a Bible study. Well, it was that same Bible study that I went to. And... We were the only ones there. We were the only one, yeah, there. So that's how we yeah. ended up talking and stuff. So we had started the Bible. So as I was saying, that she she was the one who um are the co-founder of that group, or the founder. I don't know. I didn't found nothing. <laughs> She's lying, guys. She was the one that was leading the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, suppose. So how are you going to say you don't initiate? And as I said, being the boss of me on this podcast, she initiate most things for the <laughs> podcast. Because I asked you what you want to do or what you think and what you say, I don't know. Or you asked me another question back. So just, just a few minutes ago, I asked you how you wanted to start the podcast. And you were like, how do you want to start the podcast? <laughs> I asked you how you want to do it, and you just gonna turn it around back on me. So don't. I give you opportunities to speak up, and you don't take them. You see, you you heard it. You heard it. What? Ever. I need. I need. Need to say nothing more. Whatever. I give you opportunities. Okay. You don't take them. Right. That's what we're going with, guys. Whatever. So. Um, one thing also that kind of stood out to me as being accurate to me is in the like, um, weaknesses part. It says 
you often don't admit to mistakes and do not like to take time to explain why you are doing things. You just expect the job to get done. Yes, I just expect the job to get done. And I really just start doing stuff and then explain it later if I feel the need to explain it. Like, really, I don't like people asking me questions. <laughs> Stop shaking your head. But, yeah. Say, say can imagine me being an annoyance to her? Yeah. How? Go on. How are you an annoyance to me? With my questions? But I ask you questions, too, and you stop answering me. Just like earlier. So, that's you, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, nothing. <laughs> she also got administration as one of her, as one of her spiritual gifts. It tied with exhortation. So, these traits fall on her, too. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. <laughs> but how did you, how do you see administration or this, this one being relevant to you in your life. But we already kind of said with the motivation and exhortation. Right. Tying in. And yeah, because it's funny when she read that about the motivation, I really had that up on my vision board to be a motivational speaker. So that's why I say to for me, doing this spiritual gift test was, was more of an eye-opener for me and kind of connecting the dots in my life and seeing like how I really do have some of these um traits that they listed out in their description and it is to show you too that it's really not just in ministry when we say ministry not just in the church inside a church inside of the church because if you know your workplace is your ministry, wherever you are in life, that, that's your ministry. Your family is your ministry at that point in time. Your workplace is your ministry. Being around your friends is um, your ministry. Your you are business the is your ministry. So, mm-hmm. And there are many different careers um, that we can, we can assume or you know, that we can do to really build up the kingdom of God. So it's it's really not just being a doctor or a lawyer. You know, it's not just those um, careers. And not that we're downplaying those careers either to say that. But really, all I'm saying is, for me, it was just nice to really connect um, to our present lives to our and present to see life. that it's relevant and we don't have to be like some CEO of something, some At person with a lot of right. a lot of clout and or, a, a lot of people under them. So it, and it's just showing me that God can use you anywhere you are at too, mm-hmm. you know, with the spiritual gifts that he has given you and I don't know if you remember that story when he issued um, the talents and some he gave five, four, ten, and the one that he gave one. I'm really convicted in this moment not to be that one that Mm -hmm. hide. Yeah, the one one hid, just uh, buried the talent, which was a coin that that, uh, the overseer or the master... However, it's called in this in the particular scripture. Um, he just hid it in the ground, like. But everyone else multiplied their money in the time that the master was gone, except for that one. He just hid his talent he away, just and, hid it. and you we seen how others, we seen how the others their talent multiplied because they used it, um, you know. But for that one, it was pretty much buried and. In this moment, I don't want to be that one that had the talent because mm-hmm. sometimes we don't play on what our talents are and what our mm-hmm. gifts are because based on what society deem as successful or, you know, we we don't use it. We don't talk about it. We try to do our fit into um, 
try to fit into somewhere else that we don't fit and that's not where God called us to be. So, yeah, I think that we should be mindful of that too, that in really getting to know God, getting to know ourselves and getting to know our spiritual gifts, that we ask him to really help us with that um, submission or that boldness or confidence that we can do it in, you know, whatever aspect that he he called us. Because as it says, he gave some, it's not everybody get the same talent yeah. or get the same spiritual gift because yeah. the hand doesn't do what the feet do, you know. So we all get different, but they, everybody work to make the body the whole body function, you know? So, yeah, let's let's stop comparing to... We but. all have different functions. We all have different personalities, different gifts, different um, uses of our time, and embrace those differences and your specific, unique talents and propensities and do do that and use them and don't try to be like anyone else right. but remember the things that we said you know in the beginning of trying to find your spiritual gift try different things talk to people ask them what what they think you know wise people people that you trust and that know you um maybe a mentor or something yeah cuz I can remember working as an administrative assistant for everything therapy with Dr. Lawrence and I didn't see the importance of my role. I don't play what I was doing thinking that it wasn't important or I wasn't enough even though she was trying to show me that Sam you are good at it. If you take heed to the corrections, if you, you know, try to bloom where you're planted and it's like no those those work ethics that she she had instilled in me is like no I can see the fruits of it now being in the role that I'm playing or being in my supervisor role at um at my workplace. So it really I was really making reference to what Destiny's saying, listening to what others have to say about your or be more receptive to um, their observation of your talents or your gifts mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. You know, don't don't play it. Don't don't just cast it one side because that's what I was doing, you know, mm -hmm. thinking that my role wasn't important. But here we are <laughs> seeing it in my spiritual gifts. <laughs> so assessment. So let's take that test. I don't know if we if we really um highlighted that with the spiritual gifts as you see with most of the with pretty much all the gifts that were listed is really helping others you know it's and it's helping others in that love and unity and you know that faith and I wanted to read Oh, we wanted to share with you 1 Corinthians 13. I know that's a famous scripture, but I'm just going to read a couple of verses of it to close off um, this segment of spiritual gifts. And so that we don't forget, even while we're operating in our gifts, that we don't forget um, the, the true... ultimate. Right. The motivation and goal and of purpose. using your gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it says... Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I speak with the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, though that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. And we know what it says about charity, but I really just wanted to highlight those three verses 
about us really having all those gifts and all those talents given to the poor, you know, giving of ourselves, service above self, and we don't have love. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It says you're just like a sounding brass. Annoying. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you know? And verse 13, it says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. So whatever we do, let's do it in love. love. Mm-hmm. And don't be like confused about what kind of love is here. It's it's no coincidence that the word for love here is charity because right. it's like that all-encompassing brotherly love, love for your fellow man, for your fellow person, for your fellow woman, the fellow child, whoever or wherever you are to make sure they're good just as you make sure that your own self is good. Yeah, because if you realize all the all the nine gifts that are listed, as you will see if you go on to do your um spiritual gift test, you see that they're all oh, encapsulated. Yeah, they're all encapsulated in love. Mm-hmm. It's really like about others, you know, and which is say, love your neighbor as yourself, right? That was one of the commands God, um, Jesus gave to us that love your neighbor as yourself. So let's not forget love. Let's not forget to be united mm-hmm. and to exercise um, mercy showing, even yeah. if that's not your gift. Um, just like Jesus, he always erred on the side of mercy. Right. So uh, we should have compassion and love above and love everything above else. Everything else, above all these gifts that we could, you know, want or desire, love. Let's ask God to open our hearts to love others, love ourselves love him you know because he's the only one can really give us the strength to do that because there's some situations we may feel that are so unforgiving some we may feel like we have lost all love and he can restore you know those areas of our lives so let's not forget about love so remember the greatest of these is love thank you for joining us we appreciate it. It's been a long time <laughs> in this episode. Thank you for sticking with us throughout the whole thing. And we invite you to come back next time. And please subscribe and review and like us and download. share the episodes and download and review i already said that but do all those things and don't forget to check the description for anything that we talked about any scripture the links to the test the assessment will be will be there as well and also some articles about spiritual gifts so thank you so much for being with us thank you for the love (laughs) yeah (laughs) we appreciate you Talk to you next time. See you a bit. (laughs) I guess. (laughs)